One of our posts went viral last week. Welcome new listeners. Today, Robin interviews bi activist Kel Monroe, creator of Ask the Bi Guy, helping people with their online dating. All this and more on The Leftscape. I'm Robin Renee, and you are listening to The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. Hi, welcome. I'm Mary McGinley. And I'm Wendy Sheridan. And we are wrapping up uh, the month of July and getting into August with this, uh, with this show. And um, on the 27th is National New Jersey Day. Uh, <laughs> the only reason I'm bringing this up is because we all live in New Jersey, all three of us. And um, this is kind of a the national day calendar where we get a lot of this information uh, decided to make every uh, make us a, a national day for each state in the order it, with in which they joined the country starting with July 4th. So, um, oh, that's so we're, cute. yeah, I thought so. Uh, and also on the 27th day is National Love is Kind Day which um, is to recognize and celebrate uh, the victims of domestic abuse uh, where they can celebrate their freedom and independence from their abuser uh, because love is kind, not terrorizing. So that is that, really, really apropos and important. Yes. Absolutely. And on the 30th is Whistleblowers Day where we celebrate and acknowledge um, all of the people who risk their jobs and, and other, you know, and possibly, you know, getting beaten or killed by, uh, uh uncovering bad stuff that happens. So, uh, we appreciate you guys. Um, and then we get into August, uh, where we have August is international peace month. It is also water quality month. Happiness Happens Month, Black Business Month, and Back to School Month. Mm. Um, on the first mm. is Lunasa, which is uh, one of the pagan holidays yep. uh, in the Wheel of the Year. It's called Lamas. Uh, also called right. Lamas, yes. Mm -hmm. Lunasa, I guess, is the uh, Celtic name for it. Right, uh, right. It's, it's like the first harvest festival kind of thing. Um, and it's also National Minority Donor Awareness Day. Uh, apparently, people of minority um, who are who are in minorities are not. They need more uh, organs and blood and eyes and other things to to put into the donor pool. Um, on the second is National Coloring Book Day, and I bring this up because I have a coloring book that you can uh, you can buy online at my Etsy store. <laughs> and uh, and color on National Coloring Book. Day. How do people find your Etsy store? It's Wendy Cards with a Z. Dot Etsy dot com. Ah, great! Actually, and, I have your coloring book. It's terrific. Yeah, I like Thank it too. Um, on the fifth is National Underwear Day. 
uh, uh, where you are encouraged to run around your house in your underwear. And uh, I would feel so it's just like every other day. But I would feel overdressed. <laughs> and uh, if you're also feeling really brave and positive about your body, they suggest uh, if you're comfortable with it to post a picture of yourself on social media in your underwear using the hashtag national underwear day. So that's a lot to do. I think I'll just chill. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know that I'm doing it either. I'm just, you know, it's there. I'm just bringing it to your attention. Or avoid as, as you see fit. <laughs> I thought maybe national underwear day meant that's the day you change it. Oh, <laughs> Once a year, whether you need to or not. Uh, can we just do it weekly? Could it be National Underwear Week? <laughs> well, well, there's some birthdays coming up on the 24th of July. The um, we celebrate the birthdays of Amelia Earhart, Jennifer Lopez, and Bindi Irwin. I love Bindi. Yay! Yay! <laughs> And then on the 25th, it's very important, the birthday of Iman and mm. Scott Matthews. Matthews? Matthews, yes. yep. Matthews. Scott actually uh, Yeah, the producer a, extraordinaire. He's a producer, yeah. He worked on my album, All Six Senses, which was great working with him. Terrific. Yeah. Then on the 26th, the day after that, is Mick Jagger's birthday and Helen Mirren's birthday. She never gets old. <laughs> Yeah. Then on the 28th is Gerald V. Casale. Yay, Gerald. <laughs> uh, Jackie Kennedy Onassis. And you're, you're going to have to help me with this one. Suja Boy. Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. Yeah. <laughs> and on the 31st is J.K. Rowling. Can we call her Joanne? I don't know. Can we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay isn't she like the richest woman in england or something well i, I guess she's, she's like the richest cold. woman in the world really all right pretty mm-hmm. close to it <laughs> or she was until she gave a lot of it away mm. wow i do appreciate her um responses to the tweets of our president yeah. They are very well done, I yes. have to say. Yes, and, and you know, yeah. <laughs> I like that, that, the, that the courts ruled that he can't block people from the POTUS account. <laughs> oh, that's I, right. I, that, I was that, that happened recently. Yeah. Uh, be- here I am segueing us into the news. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of news, but we have some personal shout-outs to give, actually, first. Um we posted something on Sunday about uh, International Non-Binary Day. It was, a, it was a day that we had missed on our calendar originally. And um, I just wanted to acknowledge that it's a day to celebrate all of us, um, like myself, who identify as androgynous or gender fluid, and other people use terms like gender queer, gender non-conforming. And you know, it was a graphic that um, I think I saw on Twitter that someone was talking about it, and I said, "Oh, I want to repost that to the Leftscape," and it blew up. You put like it on people... Facebook, yes, I put it on our Facebook page. Yep, mm-hmm. well, she put it everywhere. It was on our Instagram. It was yes. we shared it on our social media. Yes, that basically yes. <laughs> and left, yeah, on on <laughs> Facebook, uh, people went crazy, and I'm really really pleased to see that so many people shared it. At last count, of uh, 
55,447 people got to see it at least like over like almost 8,000 people have engaged in it or reshares or almost 800. So that is, we don't have a lot of, um, you know, I mean, you know, some of our posts people see and interact with and everything, but this one was extraordinary. And I saw people from, uh, you know, all kinds of organizations and universities sharing it. Um, I saw one at least kind of coming out experience. (laughs) Um, Someone shared it and posted like, oh, there's a day for us. And someone commented us, uh, you know, uh, PM me if you want to. So apparently (laughs) they didn't know that this person felt that way. And I think a lot of people felt um, really just happy to know that there's a day that can talk about and describe um, what it is to be non-binary and to celebrate that. Um, So we thank you. And we got lots of new Facebook uh, followers. So I just want to say hello to, to new folks who are listening and uh yeah hanging out on our site so thank yeah, you so if you're much. hearing us if you're hearing us now for the first time welcome and uh and we uh we like it when when you interact with us on our social media yeah and, you know give us ideas for stuff to talk about <laughs> exactly yeah this gives me an idea that this is something that people maybe want to know about and share about a lot more so it's very cool cool yeah <laughs> And um, for me, I, and this was, this was Robin is asking me to ask me on my social media to talk about this particular thing. Um, I recently discovered the symmetry tool on one of my drawing apps and I've been creating like one to four mandalas a day uh, and coloring them in and throwing them on the, uh, (laughs) on my Instagram and Facebook uh, stuff. Um, I've been, it's cause they come out really pretty and I can do them pretty quickly. And I'm actually, I've kind of made a goal to, for myself to do at least one a day for the entire month. And, uh, hopefully by the end of this month, I will probably have 50 or 60 of them. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. No, that was my next question. (laughs) Well, I I would have enough to release another coloring book for sure, because I have not only the colored versions, I have the blank ones. Um, And some of them I post on on my uh, Instagram page for people to grab and color in themselves. Um, And some of them I don't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and people have been re- re- requesting themes, right? Like a couple. Of, well, yeah. no, I did. I did a video of 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 the the one I did of skulls, which turned out really metal, and and now you can get them because people demanded that. I turned them into T-shirts <laughs> and and stickers. Uh, they're called the metal as fuck, uh, <laughs> and they're on my Etsy. Um, yeah, because I because during the video there was I tried something with bats and then I erased it and somebody said oh I really like those bats so then I did a bat one mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so it's like called it Halloween in July you should right? do a and unicorn one <laughs> I did one with bears and ravens and some weird yellow thing with a face and <laughs> and then eagles I don't I okay I will do one. I will do one. And how about your nemesis, the squirrels? <laughs> ah, I haven't done a squirrel one. I should. I will. I'll. I'll do more forest creatures. <laughs> but no, it's really yeah, cool you, to see the, your your creativity. Uh, thank you. 
Yeah, rocking. It's just neat stuff. Yeah. I, well, I have fun drawing tools. It's keeping me away from my watercolors and pens. <laughs> <laughs> but I justify it. Hey, I'm getting stuff done. So, hey. Yeah, very cool. Ah, so, in the other personal news, I um, witnessed and, and experienced something really, really disturbing this weekend, actually. Hmm. Um, I was at my my favorite beach in central Jersey. And it was, um, you know, I'm out in the ocean, just kind of hanging out or whatever. And I see um, a woman who's like standing by the, not really going into the ocean, just like right, you know, just where your feet are in and stuff. And there's a guy and he's saying something like, uh, get the fuck out here right now. You know, and at first you think somebody's kidding, you know. And um, and then I realized, I was like, wait a minute. And he's like, get the fuck in this water. It's not going to hurt you. Get the fuck out here. You know, and I was like, what, what, what's happening? <laughs> you know, and then he winds up going up to the shore and starting to pull this woman into the water. And she's saying, I can't swim. And she's saying, I almost drowned. And she doesn't want, she clearly does not want to go in the ocean, you know? And he's like, it's not going to hurt you. Get the fuck in here. And then she like went back out and he's like, then we're going home. And she's like, well, then let's go home. You know, and this went on for a while. And I think he, a second time, brought her back out there. And I, I, it just still makes me want to, cry you know because i see this woman in the in the water being pulled in by this dude and the look on her face was like utter trauma like clearly this person has been traumatized by water doesn't want to be in the ocean to that depth and this guy is like cursing at her and pulling her in and um i was you know this was right in the middle i mean there were people around and I, i was I was standing there like watching. I wanted him to see me watching them to n- be sure that he understood that people, you know, this was being seen and witnessed. I didn't know what to do at first. I think if it went on longer, I would have gone went and got a lifeguard or something. Like the lifeguards were out out of earshot. You know, right. they were there, but I think that they could um it, it could look like just somebody playing around. Like it, you wouldn't necessarily see from the shore that this was a problem, right. you know. And it was terrifying and I never I don't know that I've seen someone's face so terrified and so traumatized by something like that. And I was just, I felt so helpless and I was, I was like, what the fuck do I do? And eventually they went back to like wherever they were sitting and I watched where they, the direction they went. And I said to a couple of friends of mine, I explained this, what I just saw. Like, and I said, what should I do? That was fucked up. Like, I'm really scared for this person, you know? And what wound up happening was that after uh, after a little while, like there was the guy that she was with and I guess a friend of his or something, some other guy, and they weren't around. Maybe they went in the ocean themselves or something. And I went up to her and, and introduced myself and, and said, you know, I, I saw what happened and I'm really sorry that happened to you. Um, and we talked a little, a little bit and she and she said, I'm still upset. And she started crying. And I wow. said, I know, and this is, it's not, it wasn't okay. You know, it really wasn't. And I, and I just said, 
you know, we're having a party over here if you want to <laughs> come and sit with us. Or I just wanted her to know, like, they're, you know, I'm, we're friendly. If you want to just kind of come and relax or talk to someone, you know, we're here. And I'm, a, I'm just right over here if you need anything. Um, because I, I was really afraid and I'm still afraid for, cause they were arguing for quite a while after this, like I saw him coming back and she was trying to reason with him. I was just watching from sort of a distance, you know, and different stuff was going on. And hours later, I think someone said they were still, they were yelling again or whatever. And I was wow. like, I'm really afraid for what happened after they got home. Like, I don't know, you know? Mm. And I just wanted her to have the idea that it's not normal to behave that way. You don't need you you don't need to be cursed at and yelled at and dragged into your fear like that. Yeah, that's not how to get over phobias. No, no, it's not. And <laughs> it's I don't know so how to how to deal with that kind of thing. No, oh no, God. not at all. And I don't think I don't even know that that was. I don't think he was trying to help her. I think he was just like, "You're ruining my fucking fun and get in the water, you bitch." You know. I mean, that's really. Yeah. It was horrendous, and I just wanted to say that. Um, I'm going to post a link about, you know, how to get out of an abusive relationship. Um, but even if that day, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what I did was, was sufficient at all. A friend of mine I spoke to about it later said one of the things you can do is to say to the person being abused, like, do you want me to get help? Do you do you want me to get the lifeguard? Should I call a ranger or something or, or mm -hmm. a police officer, whatever it is, if wherever you are? rather than saying nothing at first because at least it helps her know that She's it not, is a problem and yeah. it's obviously a problem and lets the guy know that you are seeing that this is being perpetrated and and it's fucked up you know mm -hmm. um so and and this could be with people of any gender for sure you know i've definitely seen abuse against men and against other people of other genders and all that so but this one happened to be, you know, this woman and this guy. And, and so, yeah, so I just want people to recognize if this something like that is happening to you, you don't have to stay. And there are people that want to help and you deserve to be safe and happy. And um, we're going to post at least something about that and um, hope to just remind people that um, when, it, when you're able, please find safety yeah yeah it's still i don't know it's hard to it's still with me and uh i hope that she's i hope she's safe i hope she's safe too and and you're giving me a little more impetus to to contact the woman i met at the union county pride who works for um the union county women's shelters mm. and uh, we can get her on the show and hopefully she has some some advice for people who are in that situation or people who are witnessing that kind of thing. Um, Cause that's, it's important. Yeah. Hey, I'm Julissa Johnson from Muller She Wrote and the Racial Maddow Show. And you're listening to the Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. So what's happening on the national, <laughs> the national level. Besides the president's tweet. Uh, yeah. Oh. 
I know it's, <laughs> this has like been a week of outrage fatigue, <laughs> another, yet another week of outrage fatigue. Um, yes, the president has, uh, has shown his, shown his stripes yet again. It's nothing new for anyone with any awareness of this person. And, uh, he was being another a jerk again. Um, I really, really, really wish that, uh, and, and maybe the, the impeachment proceedings are kind of happening because I know, I know the, the judiciary committee is like looking into stuff and, and Mueller went there and, and talked to people and, and, uh, or is that happening this week? Uh, <laughs> no. Mueller's discussion, Mueller's, uh, testimony is going to be in the 24th now. I think it was moved. So yes, okay. it's happening. It'll happen. So it's happening. So week. it's happening. It hasn't happened yet. So, yeah. so like the so, wheels of government move really, really slowly. But I really hope they are moving to just get rid of this guy because he's he's turning. It's like I don't even want to ask how much lower or worse it could be because then it's going to happen. <clears throat> so. <laughs> and the, every time and the bad thing is the too, it's getting worse. Yeah, is it as bad as he is? He's giving permission to other people to be their worst selves too. Yeah. yeah yes, yeah. because yeah, because we have the governor of Tennessee making a proclamation about the asshole who started the KKK. Yeah. This week. You know, that, and I think, I think under any other, you know, he wouldn't have done that under Obama. I'm sure of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I have definitely, I've been told go back to Africa before, you know, for uh, sure. And uh, it's just, it's just infuriating, you know, but the the thing I wonder though is, I mean, this this sucks. I mean, it really is not good at all and and a lot of people have been saying like but is it a distraction you mean is the he, tweets it, yeah the tweets and the you know to, telling this, telling congress well, people to go back to their countries where they're three of four of them are from the u.s anyway <laughs> you know it doesn't or or that like how dare how dare you being a congressman tell tell anyone how to run the government right like, yeah that's their fucking job <laughs> right 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 <laughs> well I, and and it's and it's fucked up as this is my question is and a lot of people have been saying is it a distraction from any number of other things obviously you know the 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 migrant detentions and the or concentration camps as everyone is really trying to call them which is really basically what they are is happening there's the jeffrey epstein case which people suspect trump may have uh ties to you know um there's a lot of very, I mean, like his tweets are, they're not good, but there's other activity that's really, really not good. So yeah. I'm, I'm wondering how much. Um, distraction. Yeah. How much of those are distractions? And I don't want to, it's well, like, think, it's overwhelming, but I don't want to lose track of some of the even worse shit, you know? I think the distractions are people wasting time getting upset about who they cast in a movie role. <laughs> Mm. You know, um, there's more important things happening. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a that's another 
topic. I have a lot of thoughts about the movie things, but yeah, we, we could do a whole show on that, but I, not I think today. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but um, but yeah, there's a lot of of national news that has me kind of on the on the overwhelm yeah. state. Um, we talked a lot about the um, the detentions last. Uh, last show and I want to learn more because I know that they are people being held in Elizabeth, New Jersey and I want to find out more about that and find out about the specific yeah, locations. I think, I think the location's more towards the docks like down where Ikea is okay. instead of like up the street from me. Elizabeth is everywhere. I mean Elizabeth is Pretty like big. two miles up the street from me right. with Linden in between But and I kept thinking when, when it's like here Elizabeth I keep thinking of you know, just down the road and not down the road and up the turnpike and over to the right. And, you know, it's, um, but I, I, I think it would make more sense for it to be closer to the port mm -hmm. because um, that's where, you know, it's closer to the airport where the, that's a big international airport where a lot of people come in from out, out of the country. And, and uh, it makes more logical sense for, a detention center to be there because it's a kind of an industrial place where not a lot of people hang out yeah, yeah. and it's unpleasant to just be there anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that would be, when I'm thinking about the entire city of Elizabeth, New Jersey and thinking about the worst area to corral people, that's the area down by the port and the airport. Mm. Um, it's kind of where I get, and it's also, there's also a lot of empty industrial buildings, which would probably be really unpleasant and and perfect for Miller's little Nazi encampments. Yeah. Yikes. Oh God, I I can't wait for the day when all of these assholes are on trial in an international court because mm -hmm. you know this is this is fucking you know they. <laughs> they 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 you know they try they get rid of people for shit like this. Mm-hmm. You know. So ah. Yeah. <laughs> other news. Yeah, we, other news. Oh, oh, I was just gonna say we're gonna talk about the blanket fort later in the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. So we need I'll a blanket fort <laughs> from the blanket fort during that segment. So. <laughs> hey, well let me ask you about some other news. How'd you like this uh women's soccer team thing? That was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And, yeah, that was amazing. And then and the the uh, parade in New York and all. But just last night, I was watching um, Stephen Colbert. Uh, late, is it the Late Show? Yes. Yeah. And uh, he had Megan. What's her last name? <laughs> I'm so good at <laughs> these things. But she was the guest, and God, did she look beautiful. She really looked, I mean, it was interesting to see how she looked on the, um, on the, uh, the field when she was playing. And then, then to see how glamorous she looked for this uh, t TV show. It was Are you applying? She cleans up nice. Is that yeah. Yeah. Saying? She cleaned up really nice. <laughs> okay. I thought she was gorgeous on the field too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but sure. it was very different look. I, you know, good different type of gorgeous well yeah <laughs> yeah well just people look yeah 
Okay. Well, I, I saw her I on Rachel Maddow, and she didn't look like that. Okay. Well, maybe they had people helping her with, you know, makeup and stuff. So. Yeah, I think they must have. Yeah. I know. Well, I know. She's amazing, and I feel inspired. Well, first of all, just by her just forthrightness and not not willing to pander to you know she's just like i'm not going to the fucking white house it's like a great <laughs> quote because it was so offhanded and just natural and real you know and um and and just just the physical um just the physical ability of that team was wonderful and i think like i'm inspired i've been at, out of the gym for a while and i'm like oh, yeah i think if they can do all that i can do my my little <laughs> reps you know <laughs> Yes, go back to the gym. I will encourage you. I, I wish we lived closer together because I would love to have a gym buddy. Oh, um, there you go. I, I almost, it took it took a while, but I'm back to three days a week. Um, the, I had stopped for some, I had an excuse. Oh, I had an excuse. I had workmen in the house for 10 days. Uh, well, so, I'm going to come out for a uh, workout field trip. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yeah, congratulations to that team. And, and I do hope uh, we get equal pay because yeah. they are stars, superstars. I, they are. And and I keep thinking that that since the men's team isn't really any good, they're just going to reduce the men's team pay to what they're paying the women. Ooh, instead of giving the women a raise, <laughs> they're going to give the men a pay cut instead. Well, now you guys are making all the same money. Uh, the the idea that, that women that. don't get paid if they don't win that that was kind of disturbing. Really? Yeah, that's what they it said on paid? that chart. Okay, I I am not up on sports at all. I and I think yeah, that's like, horrendous. They, they get they get the they had it showed a chart of what the men's team gets paid and what the women's team get paid and like how much they get paid for games they win and how much they get paid for games they lose. And uh, oh, so they get like a bonus if they win. Yeah. Like, but the, if you don't win, you don't get paid. Yeah. The the men still get paid. They just don't get paid as much, but the women don't get anything. Oh, the women really don't get paid if they don't win. Right. Oh, well, then wow. they should they should do that with the men because obviously the reason the women are were winning is because they, they need to get paid. Get paid. It's horrible. I, I'm I am if I had any outrage left, I would be outraged. <laughs> but it's like the tank is full. The tank is full. So. Lovely listeners, we love you all and we'd love to hear from you. So post your comments on our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And please go to iTunes or wherever you go to get your podcasts and give us a five-star review. We really need those reviews and that would help us out a lot. Thanks a lot. Wendy here asking you to protest by mail with protest postcards as seen on the successful Postcards Against Fascism Kickstarter. 12 different designs to choose from or get all of them in a special collection. All the profits from the child separation cards will go to races in Texas that provides legal help for the detained immigrants at our border. Time to do something. Mail a postcard.
are here on the Leftscape with Kel Monroe. Uh, I met Kel, I would say about 10 years ago, we were performing on a show called Bylicious in Boston. And I did a musical set and he did a great uh, spoken word performance. And uh, he's also been an activist and still is an activist with Bisexual Resource Center, also in Boston. He is a former slam poet and we will let him uh, speak from there. Hi, Kel. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. This is really exciting. Yeah, it's awesome. So I guess my big question is what what the heck are you doing now? I see a thing about Ask the Bye Guy, and I'd like to hear what that's all about. Yeah, so Ask the Bye Guy is a, a really fun uh, little project that I'm doing, uh, which is basically, um, it's focused mostly on dating um, in the sense of, uh, queer eye for the straight guy, but I was thinking more uh, ask the bi guy with the idea that maybe, just maybe, uh, a bisexual guy could be uh, tuned into attraction to multiple genders. Um, that seems at, like a reasonable assumption. Yeah, it's a it's a good <laughs> elevator pitch anyway. And uh, my feeling is that a lot of people, especially folks who are floundering in the online dating world they're like they're not getting the success that they want um could use a boost you know whether that's recrafting their online dating persona uh the writing or videos uh whatever profile or platform they're using uh maybe i can help them uh get more success so to speak but in the process my secret mission is to reframe uh that particular audience's perspective uh on um on dating in general you know i think a lot of people are coming at it from uh, loaded down with a lot of toxic masculinity scripts um that are you know for whatever value judgments you want to throw at them those scripts are holding them back from an amazing world of dating and relating and connecting to other people um you know, whatever their preferred gender or genders are uh, that they're interested in in connecting with. Um, and I'm also, you know, doing some writing and uh, just generally lending a, a bi perspective on things and signal boosting all things bi uh, just as a matter of course. There's still a lot of misunderstandings and stigma about what and who bisexual people are. And uh, so I'm always up for clearing those sorts of things up and and helping focus on, uh, you know, the the real deal as opposed to the the myths and so right, on. Right, right, right. That's cool. I want to ask you about all those things, but first, I, I want to find out a little bit about how Ask the Bi Guy works. Is it a website? Are you? I've I've seen some things that you're posting on Twitter and Instagram. Is so? Is it an uh, an online thing, or how how is that manifesting? So far, it's an online thing. It's a very good question. These are questions I'm asking myself right now, as a matter of fact, because it's honestly in a bit of a nascent state. I have a lot of the, the skills and writing to put together uh, some curriculum for adult ed classes, for example. I'm going to want to be starting those up in Boston. 
uh, on, you know, how to craft your online dating persona, uh, whether, you know, what's the difference between using Tinder versus OkCupid versus Whisper versus I'm not Reddit. even sure I know about Whisper. Either. I know, versus dating through Reddit versus dating through Field, formerly known as Thrinder versus dating as a group, dating as a poly non-monogamous person of some sort. Um, you know, there's there's so many platforms and ways to intersect with those more successfully. So uh, I have an Instagram account and Twitter and Facebook uh, for Ask the Buy Guy. And I want to be able to offer an assortment of services. Literally, if somebody wanted to contract with me one-on-one -on -one to help them with their dating life, basically a dating coach. Um, and so not just online, that also includes nonverbal stuff, how to actually approach people. And, you know, if some people are feeling a lack of confidence or maybe they're really confident, but for some reason they just don't seem to get results, you know, I can help them in all those uh, spheres. Uh, so sort of a one-on-one -on -one service potential there, but I also want to just get the word out through classes and through, um, you know, some video content and that sort of thing and just communicate with more people about how awesome dating can be and, and different ways to look at it as opposed to what might not be serving you well. So it's in process is the short answer. Very cool. Um, so what are some of the myths you want to dispel? About bisexuality in particular? Or uh, you mean about uh, a dating, you mean? Well, you mentioned all of the above. You mentioned uh, toxic masculinity, which is a topic mm -hmm. in and of itself. I'd love to hear some of what you, how you define that. Yeah. And, you know, and if there are particular things in involved in dating um, that people have mythologies about that you want to dispel, that would be good to hear. That's yeah, I, I think a good place to start there might be to take a specific a specific example of a toxic masculinity that I think we sort of all know about. I mean, this is an old one, like second and third wave feminists have been exposing this and grappling with this one for forever and that is the the idea that men have to be stoic and defiant and bottle up their feelings or maybe let them out under certain controlled situations but you have to you know man up quote unquote and <laughs> uh and be a tough guy and and that sort of thing and the thing is that that script of how to behave implies that there's pretty much one note Johnny like that's mostly how you are all the time except maybe if you have a girlfriend or you get married then you can absolutely dump a lot of your emotions on this one person like a heat laser set to full like finally one person gets to be the oh so blessed beneficiary of, of your emotional uh dumping on one person um you know but I feel like in it's not so much about saying that's a ridiculous script this is horrible we need to abolish it men need to be in touch with their feelings they need to emote they need to express they need to learn their own inner emotional landscape by the way all of those things are true i believe uh, but i don't think we need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. instead one could reclaim this particular script I can't think of a better example of quote unquote manning up than a woman going through her period and showing up at work, goddamn anyway, you know, feeling like a scimitar is being sliced through. I mean, this is how my women friends have described it to me at its worst. It's like someone with a sword is skewering your lower intestines and, you know, just doing terrible things with it. But somehow you have 
manned up and you are at your job on the phone at your computer at your terminal managing people blah 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 like holy crap there are times to tough it out and you know that's a prime example of it that you know those classic movies where the general says we have no time for our sorrows men we have to keep fighting you know in other words you can go through all the normal emotions later we got shit to do there is a place for it. So if we can reframe that and put it in its proper place as just one aspect of being human and sort of look, zoom out, look at it a little more globally and how that serves dating, that's actually really interesting. It's, as soon as you sort of release that script or you know, without having to sort of shame yourself and say, this is just this terrible thing, let's just get rid of it. But you know, when you put it in its proper place, you have the opportunity to get freed up and express more emotions and feel your your own spectrum of emotionality to life circumstances. And that's going to make you a more approachable person when you start feeling more feelings, honestly, and recognizing them inside yourself and sharing them with other people more vulnerably and more transparently. You're just more attractive. Women will, if you're a dude who likes, you know, female identified people, women will be more attracted to you that way. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's just more authentic. Authenticity really attracts people. Um, so there's so many scripts that can be either reclaimed or reframed uh, that, that men can uh, reconceptualize to their own service and, and have way higher quality connections with the folks that they're interested in flirting with, dating with, getting with in whatever sense that they might want. <laughs> Right, right. That sounds really cool. Um, some of those dating apps, or or for you, I don't. Some of them I don't know about, so it would be interesting to see a uh, maybe a list of some of the ones you mentioned and to learn about the specifics of some of them because that's they are new to me. <laughs> oh, totally. No, there's so many, and there's different age groups that prefer different ones. And you know, I'm I'm sort of lucky at this point to be at a certain age. I'm I'm 43. And I have, you know, people who I consider friends that are in their, you know, mid twenties, all the way up through their, you know, mid fifties, mid sixties, um, you know. And this is that time when I've personally been through a lot, a lot of therapy, a lot of like dark nights, and kind of coming to grips with my own uh, personal shortcomings and realizations, trying to get more woke. And then you get to that point where you realize that you're never going to be woke enough, actually, but you just have to keep going and keep at it. You know, there was this time 10 years ago where I was, or 15 or so years ago, where I was like, I'm a feminist. Yay. You know, you're welcome, ladies. I am now standing shoulder to shoulder with you to combat <laughs> the evil forces of patriarchy. You know, I, I thought I'd arrived. In reality, I hadn't even begun to dismantle the first brick of like toxic crap that I was <laughs> enabling or partaking in. But now I've, I've been through a lot and I haven't arrived and I never will. But I'm at a point where I can just age wise, where I'm socializing with so many people of different ages. And I personally date a lot. I'm a non-monogamous myself and have uh, a few uh, main partners that are, you know, sort of lifelong partnerships and, and other forms of dating. So and I'm a writer. I love words. I'm a word geek. I'm a former, you know, spoken word performer. You know, I like parsing over whether you should use a comma or an ampersand or a, a semicolon or whatever. And um, yeah, so I think uh, I've actually seen a lot of younger folks dating. 
and what they're putting out there and what's working, folks in their 40s who are 30s, whatever age, and you, you know, you've been in a 10, 15 year relationship, you just got a divorce, maybe your whole paradigm is shifting and you're considering some form of non-monogamy for the first time, maybe, or just something that's not the traditional thing that you were trying before and you're entering this new world of dating and last time you were online myspace was a thing <laughs> right <laughs> you know in, in sort of a dating sense and it can all be very bewildering and quite overwhelming yeah. um so so yeah I'm, i think i'm in a good spot to to have a lot of currency to offer people in terms of some insights that's cool what, what are one of the if you feel like sharing one of the mistakes that you might have made in dating that you draw from in terms of what you can teach people now. I've made two equal but opposite errors. One of them is being too verbose and just dumping everything on my profile. Uh, one of those profiles that's more long form, like I don't know, laptop or desktop computer version. Most of them now sort of realize that and give you very few characters to, to work with, which is a blessing in disguise, honestly. You can do a lot with a little. It's very powerful. Mm. Having said that, the other error has been to be way too brief and not to be specific enough uh, to uh, share what I'm looking for and exactly what I want. Uh, Obviously, that's predicated on knowing what I want, and some people aren't even sure of that at whatever stage. Uh, but for me, I early on, I didn't give other people an opportunity to, you know, hit the uh, um, trapdoor button on me. You know, you want to put something in your profile that's brief, that gives people an opportunity to disqualify you. You want that. That's super helpful. Saves everybody I, some time. I agree. You know, there are certain things that are essential to me in a person if I'm being at all serious about meeting somebody I want to be with you know mm -hmm. and I would rather know exactly I would rather yeah. know sooner than later for sure and there's a different taxonomy of relationships that people want like my partner Megan for example um is uh you know if in her case it's like they have to have glasses or ride bikes preferably both those are hills she's going to die on. I'm being a little <laughs> facetious. I think she's got a little wiggle room, depending on the person. Obviously, she but, appreciates some good values and you know certain. Sure, but that's of, a type. I I could appreciate you know, that type. <laughs> and it's okay. You know, we can give ourselves permission to to be uh, again reframing what we think of as shallow and and digging into it a little bit. What is it about bikes and glasses? Like, what's behind that? And you know what? Guess what? That's okay to have those sorts of preferences. And they change over time, too. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. That's. I think a lot of people need permission to know that they can they can like what they like. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, so exactly. I think that's a cool There's idea. More than one way to be human. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there are a lot of important issues in the country and the world right now, really. And I find that a lot of activists realize that they just have to, in order to be effective, they just have to pick the one that calls them the most, you know? So I'm curious why bi activism has shown up for you as the thing that you want to really champion. Well, like a lot of things that books like Blink and The Tipping Point kind of illustrate, uh, you know, I, I made the decision sort of before I back rationalized it, because at first being a bi activist was, was personal. You know, I, I identified as a bi person and I'm lucky enough to live in Boston, which has a huge bi community. And um, 
a lot of activities and a lot of advocacy going on. So I sort of fell into that for myself, for my own needs. Continuing on with that activism for over 10 years now, uh, I've had an opportunity to do quite a lot of thinking about what sorts of problems befall the bi-plus community, as we call it. Um, for example... And that means bisexual, pansexual, polysexual, how do you... Heteroflexible, homoflexible, omnisexual, fluid, those who defy categorization but are not, you know, as uh, some other podcaster put it, not... Uh, simply straight or totes gay. <laughs> like if you're somewhere <laughs> in the middle of that massive spectrum, uh, whatever label or semantic nuance you want to put spin to on a term is beautiful, and that's the plus. The the bi being just the um, original term that was harvested in the same way the word homosexual was from a, a psychological manual of pathologies way back in the day. And they reclaim the term. And obviously, there's been some semantic drift. You know, like, you don't have to be happy to be gay. You don't have to hail from the island of Lesbos to be a lesbian. And, you know, the term bisexual has also evolved to include gender spectrum. It's not just male or female. It's, you know, not exclusive for trans people or gender uh, queer people. In fact, many of those people proudly identify as bi or pan Absolutely. or both or queer. It's it's all wonderful, but we just, you know, the goal is to just not be invisibilized or erased. So it's good to have a rallying point, which is kind of the B in LGBTQIA plus. plus. <laughs> <laughs> More letters. <laughs> Yay. Okay. But, so that's sort of, yeah. So go on. You were talking about. Yeah. Um, so carrying on with the activism and observing, you know, at the Bi Resource Center, we get a lot of information coming in because we're our finger is on the pulse of research and the needs of the community. And, you know, the Bi, the B in LGBTQIA encompasses a lot of trans people and non-binary folk who are very much like the canary in the coal mine in terms of national and global mental health challenges, domestic violence rates, um, economic wherewithal, you know, how much, uh, how far back you are in the curve, so to speak, with, you know, what you can handle, how many jobs you have to keep. Um, for thing after thing, unfortunately, the bi plus community as a whole uh, suffers far more greatly. It's statistically significant when we can actually scrounge up enough research dollars to to tease out the difference between just bi versus gay. Because, you know, you go to a doctor's office, if they find out about domestic violence and you're bi, they just lump you in with gay. And then the gay community gets a, a possibly an inaccurate look at what's going on with them and the bi community just gets invisibilized. But when we can find these things out, we find that our community is in a lot of trouble. So it's, and it's a lot of people. A lot of people don't know that people who identify as bi or, you know, not totes gay or simply straight occupy the numerical majority of all people under the LGBTQIA umbrella. So it's, it's a, it's a problem. It's the biggest group of people and they, and most of us really need help. Uh, so it's uh, the need is just there, and I naturally gravitated toward it for personal reasons. But the more educated I became, the more I realized that hell, even if I wasn't by, if I was just a medical professional and I learned all this stuff, I would be concerned. I might consider 
giving money to the bisexual resource center or other causes like that that serve uh, the, the community at large. So that's what's kept me going, um, you know, intellectually and, and in the heart are, the, are those sort of things. That is really, really good work. And it's good to remember that there are, you know, a community has more than just the need to have a social space. You know, there are also health issues and there are economic issues and there are all those things that can be um, significantly different in different communities. So it's good to remember that and, um, you know, know, know that there are, there are there's information out there and that we can search for resources and people to communicate with around around those issues as well so. exactly yeah right on very very cool um so i have to say i'm curious about why you're calling yourself an ex-poet these days are you still writing but not just performing or what? you know what i i say ex-slam poet because i'm no longer sort of uh i wasn't touring exactly but i had a circuit uh that started getting bigger and bigger and it encompassed the northeast and you know i was getting gigs in new jersey and new york and it was very exciting um but i don't really get on stage as much anymore except for the bisexual resource center which is the one organization that can kind of pull me out of retirement for that <laughs> and and uh, get me to perform some pieces that are you know typically have some bi-specific themes to them. Because uh, I've got a whole uh, trunk load of poems and spoken word pieces that are bi-themed or bi-oriented. But I still do write. I mean, poetry is a really therapeutic way to process life, and I'm in the habit of writing, and uh, it's still an important part of my life in general. So it's, it's a big deal. I'm not an ex-poet. I'm an, an ex-performing poet for the most part. Okay, that's cool. And, you know, and I love your writing and I hope that you continue in whatever way suits you. And I'm giving, I'm telling that to myself too. I have to give myself the same advice because I can hide a bit from my uh, outward writing person, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm, Totally. But yeah, but that's really cool. So uh, anything else you want to share? Golly, that's a, that's a great question. I, if I had to share anything, it in terms of the dating world, the datosphere is to not lose heart. Uh, there's a lot of really great stuff that you can find through online dating or in-person flirting or whatever. And it's really big picture if I had sort of one takeaway for people is uh, something that I absorbed intellectually when I was in college. I studied communication psychology, which has served me really well. But over the years, I've realized that all the intellectual understanding doesn't really hold a candle to when you start internalizing things emotionally and in the heart. But one of the tidbits that I picked up years ago that I've been working on as my life project is that your, the way you talk isn't a given, the way you communicate. A lot of people are just like, well, I talk how I talk. This is how I flirt. This is how I present. Take it or leave it. Or it might not even be that aggressive, like take it or leave it. It might just be like, well, this is just, these are the cards I've been dealt with and this is how I present and so on. But that's it's not a given at all. We can work on how we talk and look and feel. And a lot of pixels have been lit up in, the, in with those billion TED Talks about how your nonverbal communication posture, like what was that famous one where if you hold your hands up in the air and fists like you just won a, a marathon, 
like 10 minutes before a big speech or a test, you know, like that victorious posture that like the warrior pose. Yeah, kind of yeah. thing, right? <laughs> and if people do that before, you know, big things, uh, they're more confident and they do better. And it's like, there's demonstrable results. They've quantified this too. And so, you know, it feels artificial at first in terms of changing the way you talk or communicate or write on what you put on an online dating profile, but they're all skills you can learn and internalize over time. And, you know, with, with a little help or pluck or resolve or research on your own, or if people can engage with me, if they can or want to, there's definitely a wide open possibility that you can meet who you want to meet and have the dating sex relationship experiences that, that you really crave, that you really want. And it's okay to want just about all of them as near as I can tell. So, <laughs> a, a note of optimism. That's why I'm doing this. I want people to get better results. And if we're all communicating better and relating better, especially in matters of love and intimacy, then I feel that's a really wonderful ripple effect. It's just going to make the world better at an intersection when someone cuts you off and, you know, <laughs> just less uh, angst and, uh, and difficult feelings in the world in general. That's so. awesome. Much, much needed. So where can people find you? They can find me right now on Instagram at uh, I think it's the at sign, ask the bi guy. I'm the only one that's going to show up. And it's a ridiculous picture of me that my friend took where I'm wearing a suit and it's kind of like I'm ripping it open like a superhero thing. And there's some bisexual <laughs> resource center t-shirt swag underneath that has that says bi and it's a word cloud shirt with all the different terms that you can have to be bi, like pan and queer and heteroflexible and so on. Uh, also on Twitter with the same name and Facebook. Uh, I don't have like a full-blown website up yet, but that's coming. I'm going to be doing some adult ed courses and, and meeting with folks and doing more, more interviews and YouTube stuff. So yeah, hopefully this is going to be a, a fun project. And I'm really looking forward to serving the greater communities of people for a variety of purposes. Awesome. Well, thank you for talking to us today. This was a blast. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. You too. Hello, this is Robin Renee. You can find me online at robinrenee.com. And my music is on iTunes, CD Baby, Pandora, Spotify, and elsewhere around the web. So check it out. And you can like me at facebook.com slash robinreneefan. Tweet at me at spiritrocksexy. And follow me on Instagram at robinreneemusic. I would love to hear from you. So we've been talking about mobility off off the recording. We were talking about mobility and and working out and and Robin gets a lot out of uh, working out, don't you, Robin? I love it absolutely. Swimming and just being active in general. Yeah. Well, I am not one of those. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't I don't work out too much. But well, I have been going though lately to the gym. So that's good. But I, I need some motivation to get there. I I don't uh, automatically feel good from from working out or I don't I don't think I will feel good. Actually, once I do it, I do feel good. So 
But one of the things that I like to do, and somebody mentioned this about dancing to the elements, the phrase dancing to the elements. And I said, oh, yeah, I do that. So so you wanted me to explain what it is. And I have to say, first of all, that that I have to give some background to it because I like Shakespeare. Shakespeare is a thing that I like, and that motivates me. And I was studying Shakespeare at a um, very intensive professional program where they kind of take three years of grad school and fit it all into a month. And uh, it's not just studying Shakespeare, the writing. It's also studying about the Elizabethan world. And also there was movement involved. We had classes in Elizabethan dance, but also just um, interpretive dance, movement, free movement. This was like that Shakespeare camp. It was like you lived up there. Yeah, and yeah. And it, and it was the middle of winter, so there was nothing to do but do Shakespeare uh, <laughs> or run out in the woods. And uh, it, it was Shakespeare and Company in the Berkshires. Mm. And they the thing that really struck me, this particular exercise that we did at one point, we had been studying... Uh, the world, the Elizabethan worldview, and the worldview at that time, I I found it very intriguing, was before they had our modern idea of psychology. In the Elizabethan world, they, they like to analyze everything, but they wanted to figure out why people are the way they are, and their health and their mental state is connected and that it all has to do with your humors and that there are four humors that people have. It's uh, bile, phlegm, blood, and uh, what's the other? Maybe there's two different types of bile, yellow bile and red bile or something like that. There was a, there was a thing about this at the, um, oh, damn it. I can't remember the museum name. Uh, it's one of the museums in Chelsea in Manhattan. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, they, and, and I just think phlegm being one of the humors just always cracked me up because it just means mucus to me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, but I guess that's where the word phlegmatic comes from. Yes, from yes, so, exactly. <laughs> so I see yellow bile, black bile, phlegm, and blood. Yeah, and blood is where sanguine comes, the word sanguine comes yep. from. Mm-hmm. And choleric is yellow bile, and melancholic is black bile, and phlegm is phleg- phlegmatic. And they these things, so they were talking about what that you have to, that these are things in your body, and that you have to have them in balance, and then you're healthy. But if you have more of one thing than another, it, it affects your health, and it also affects your personality. And that all these things are also connected to the elements. So once the teacher talk, started talking about the elements, I got right, right into my my pagan Wiccan idea <laughs> of the elements, air, fire, four. earth, and water. And, and, they, and they correspond to the humors? Yes. The air is blood and fire is yellow bile and... Earth is black bile and water is phlegm, but but it's they correspond. Okay, so it's 
It's interesting. And they were talking, too, about how Shakespeare himself, he knew all about this, and he would write this into the characters so that if we would take our our stuff that we were studying, everybody was working on a scene from a Shakespeare play. I was working on Cleopatra. And uh, to read through Cleopatra's dialogue and find out when she was being fiery and when she was being watery, it was very, very evident that it was there. And it really kind of inspired me. Cool. So anyway, that that that's what we were studying. And we had a movement class and this teacher was saying, now think about that stuff and just listen to this music. And we were we were working in, it was like a big gym and the lights were, were turned down low and we were used to moving, working on, um, um, inter- I don't know if you'd say it, interpretive dance, but, but it, you know, it's just free form and you're not dancing with each other. You're just dancing by yourself and you're dancing as if no one is watching you even though you're in a room of 40 people (laughs) and um, you just get into your own little world as you're listening to the music and, and dancing. And so she was saying this music that she was going to play has to do with the elements. And so just listen and see what you're going to, what, what strikes you and let it move you. And before you knew it, 45 minutes had gone by. I had been dancing steadily for 45 minutes and it was the most fun I ever had in my life. So I just, I got into that and I went and I said, what was that music you were playing? And I got a lot of the names of the music and stuff. She had this whole playlist for the elements. And um, so I put together a playlist for myself and I'll do it in my living room and dance around like it's water and fire. And, and it, it's just so much fun. So it's the music, but you have to think about the elements as you pick out the music that you're going to put together in your playlist. And it works out really well. I found cool. that with um, my local library has CDs. Mm-hmm. that they lend out. So I was able to get some of this music. Um, and what really works well is m- movie music. So it's, really, yeah. Background music to, to various movies. Okay. And, Cause it's got a mood. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have music that I dance to from, from the movie Orlando. If you remember that movie, do you That's remember? That's very Shakespearean esque. Movie. Yeah, well, the music is very uh, modern. And yeah, I know. I, I remember the movie. I just, I yeah. just remember well because a lot of it's a costume drama, so that's kind of how I relate it to. But, but also, it's <laughs> transitional stuff going on there too. So let's see, um, the Gladiator. Lots of Earth music in the movie, the Gladiator. Gladiator. Hmm. Um, hmm. The Hours. And that was the Virginia Woolf movie. Uh, The Piano. Remember that one? Yeah. I have a question for you about this. Are they all the same composer? No. Okay. No. Uh, Yeah. Some some of them are, uh, let's see. Oh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. There's a piece of music that I use from that. And a piece of music that's the theme to Daredevil. And... It's just which which daredevil? I think it was Dare- the first one. Oh, okay. 
Uh, and uh, I don't know. It's just that the the different moods in the music go from one to the other, and it it really kind of inspires me to move in a lot of different ways that I don't normally move, and I have fun. Do, do you feel? Um, do you, does it go in a certain order? Do, like, do, or is one element the one to begin, and then you go into like a deeper, more intense movement space, or something um, like that? Or how does that work? I think it depends upon my mood. Sometimes I just play all fire music. Um, okay. I have it. I had it on my uh, iTunes uh, set up as a whole playlist where I had a, I don't remember the order that I put them in, but I think for some reason, I think I always start with earth. Okay. I don't know why. But um, then sometimes I also have separate playlists that, that it's just an earth playlist or a fire playlist or a, a water playlist. But, nice. but normally I'd use all four because you want to be balanced. Mm-hmm. That sounds really cool. If you want to share with me some of the titles, like or, or one one example of your playlist, I would love to add it to Spotify and post it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And so it's also, I want to try it too. It sounds really <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've done uh, five rhythms. If either of you have done that, um, I don't know. No. What is. is it? It's a dance. Uh, it's usually done in a class. Like it can be in yoga studios or different types of studios. But it was uh, Gabriel Roth, I believe, created the system of of. Um, there were like five basic rhythms that sort of coincide with your. I don't know. It's the same sort of thing. It's not necessarily elemental, but it's but it can it can, you could relate it that way. But and you know, it starts out a lot your slower. Body. Yeah, and you get into yeah, you get into um, a more intense kind of experience, and then it kind of releases. So it's it's um it's a really powerful kind of practice, and it is like free form dancing, but it's to it's mm-hmm. based on on a certain type of rhythm, and mm-hmm. it's very uh, yeah, it's liberating kind oh, of. Oh yeah, experience. that sounds good. Yeah. It's very cool. You've been listening to the Let's Skate Podcast. Find us online at letskate.com, on Twitter at Let's Skate, and on Facebook at Let's Skate. The Let's Skate, the shape of progressive conversation.